0: To another We Watch, we collect episode number 15. I'm your host, Chris Gasnon, and today is what is today? Today is Thursday, June 23rd, and quite a few things to talk about. I I have four things to talk about. And you know they happened in the last couple of days, but um one of them one of them didn't happen in the last couple of days, but it's about a team. That is surprisingly in first place. And everyone's like, where the hell do they come from? So we'll talk about that. But it's the Cleveland Guardians right now are in first place. Uh, we talk about Jose Siri from the Houston National's pimping a home run versus the Mets. And managers getting mad about it again about home runs. Get into that. Uh, run differential. It's the new thing that everyone's talking about to determine how good a team actually is or determine how bad a team actually is and if it should actually play a factor in uh, playoff standings so we'll we'll, we'll get into that and the last thing that's going on right now is the all-star voting should the fan vote be taken away which players should be eligible to be on the ballot to get voted for because right now There's a particular player that has a certain amount of votes. Granted, he's not going to win, but he's got a certain amount of votes, and he hasn't played one game this Major League season. And, you know, we'll get into that. And maybe, I don't know, we'll end it off maybe a little bit of a standings check as well, but probably run through it pretty quickly. But uh, first thing we got, we have the Cleveland Guardians in first place in the AL Central and grant it, it's a one game lead but they're in first place 36 and 28 they've been playing good ball on a three game win streak and now the big thing that went through my mind is is this team gonna be like buyers during the trade deadline it's it's about 6 5 weeks away less than a month away or more than a month away it's close so if this team gains good enough ground still staying in first place in the central are they going to be buyers for that and are the fans and everyone who criticized that Jose Ramirez contract extension that was it 7 years 140 million or no it 7 years 141 million through the 2020, 2028 season does that contract look smart now I mean, are they going to put some pieces together for the next couple of years that that contract is going to age like fine wine? Like, holy shit. I know I criticize that contract. I criticized it the same way that uh, I criticized the Chris Bryant contract with Colorado. I I don't know what they're doing. But right now, they're sitting in first. They're not sitting pretty like other teams, but they're sitting in first, one game ahead of the, the uh, Minnesota Twins. And we have... Um, uh, the White Sox four and a half games, but who knows? Like we'll see what happens in this coming uh, month with all their games going on, and let's see what happens in the trade deadline because right now, I I don't know that contract that contract for that for Jose Ramirez is actually looking pretty smart as of right now. Were they I don't know were they playing chess back then while everyone was playing checkers? You know that old saying, but. Uh, I don't know Let, I don't let's take a look at what they have coming up in uh in the month end of month of June and a little bit of July so they have my Red Sox coming up we're playing tomorrow Friday Saturday and Sunday uh we're playing it at uh we're going to Cleveland I'm not too worried about that socks are good not gonna say it but they have a three game set against the sox three game set again in a four game set actually. Holy shit! Five game set against the division rival Twins. That could be pretty interesting because if they have, if if they lose a couple of to the Sox, that puts them maybe tied with the Twins. This five game set can, can be pretty hectic for those two teams. And then coming on beginning of July, they got a three game set against the Yankees, uh, a four game set against the Tigers, and then. Leading to the All-Star Brady, they got a three-game set against the Royals and then a three-game set against the White Sox, another uh, central division teams. So, I mean, we'll see what goes down because this month of July is going to be hectic for all, all teams because they're all playing division teams against one another, just like the Red Sox. We're playing the Guardians. Then we have a three-game set against the Blue Jays, a three-game set uh, in Chicago against the Cubs, then we're playing the Rays, the Yankees, and then back to uh, Tampa, and then the Yankees again, and then the Blue Jays again, the end of July. I mean, I'm ex- I, I'm excited for it, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a really hectic July for all a lot of teams, for a lot of teams, and going back to Cleveland Guardians and that uh, Jose Ramirez contract. Who knows? It's starting to look smart right about now. But I don't. I don't if if they're gonna be buyers during the trade, here's the thing: if they're gonna be buyers during the trade deadline, it's not gonna be for you know prospects or anything like that. It's gonna be for some dudes. They 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 need some dudes now. As of right now, you know they're 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 pitching is 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 good. I mean, you got Shane Bieber right now with a 3 ERA, a solid 3 ERA. And then we have uh, Tristan McKenzie with a 3.5. Cal Quantro with a 3.7. Zach Plesak with a f- uh, 4.4. So, I mean, the rotation's not bad. It, it, it's pretty good right about now. I mean, they're striking guys out. Shane Bieber leading the team with 84 strikeouts with a 1.17 whip. And then Tristan McKenzie with a one point zero one whip. Tristan McKenzie has batters facing him with it at a two o four. That's crazy. So I mean, but they're getting it done. So and right now speaking on the on the contract guy, Jose Ramirez hitting three o two uh, on twenty one doubles. He's leading the squad with twenty one doubles. Also leading the squad with sixteen home runs. No one else on the team has even touched 10 yet. 62 RBIs. That's crazy. And only 20 strikeouts. And 235 at-bats. That is crazy. With a 1.023 OPS. I don't know. Now he's getting in the conversation with MVP Talks right next to Aaron Judge. And following suit behind him is Mike Trout. But right now the Cleveland Guardians in first place in one game ahead. And who, I don't know, who knows, we'll see how this turns out because I know I said in last episode, I think I said that was still a little early. Yeah, it's not early anymore. It's, it's leading to the middle of the season and trade deadlines coming up where moves happen, players end up somewhere else and some players get signed. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's going on, but uh right now Cleveland guardians one game ahead in first place. Twins right behind them at 38 32. So they're 6 games above 500. Uh Guardians at 8 games above 500. So one game lead for the Guardians. They're 14 and 8 in their division. Pretty damn good. Twins are 17 and 12. But we'll see how that goes cuz they've got a 5-game set against the Twins right after the Red Sox. So we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how that goes for that team and there might be some fireworks in that team I don't know might be a little bit of a little bit of drama going on with those teams you got Correa on the Twins you know how he gets but we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes it's it's interesting to say the least but Guardians right now probably surprising everybody nobody had them in first place granted it's a one game lead but first place is first place no one had them in first place leaning into uh Going into July. Everyone had them at third or fourth. I mean, I know I had them late. I had the White Sox winning the division. And they're in third right now. With four and a half games back. So, everyone's looking Everyone's looking pretty wrong right now. For the AL Central. But, but to top it off. Jose Ramirez's contract looking pretty smart on their end. We're all looking pretty dumb. When it happened. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? But, apparently they knew what they were doing. But enough on that. We have. All right, let's get into uh, this whole Dusty Baker, Houston Astros versus the Mets, Jose Siri home run, and his comment that he made. First off, I mean, my, my, my beef with the Houston Astros is done. I could care less now. I don't give a shit. I mean,. The main guy who, you know, was the villain of that team during that whole thing is not even on the team anymore. Like we said before, he's on the twins. He might not, he might not even be on the twins come the trade deadline or at the end of the season. So but all my all my shit against the Houston Nationals is done. I don't care. I it 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 I don't care. Because right now their team is still winning, they're in first place. So that's done, that's put to the side. But um, Jose Siri uh, on the Houston Astros, he apparently hit a home run versus the uh, New York Mets, stood in the box, and, you know, right in front of the catcher, which is probably like another thing where it's like he stood right in front of the catcher, stared at his home run, flipped his bat, then trotted the bases, and then third baseman Eduardo Escobar, uh apparently said, said sent something to him rally, while he was rounding third. And Dusty Baker, later on press conference, had said he should have ran. I wish he would have ran. Back in our day, the next guy would have gotten drilled. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dusty Baker. Dude, we're not in the 70s anymore, bro. All right, we're not in your time anymore. All right, to where now it's like, Pimping home runs back then was a little bit more like I don't know if I should do it because back then pitchers will drill you. Nowadays, who, who gives a shit? Okay, I I know I'm a pitcher guy. I I favor pitchers more, but you you can't get mad at the dude. Like, just like why why isn't anybody getting mad at pitchers when they strike out the side and they're yelling? Just recently, yesterday. Shohei Otani hit a career high 13 strikeouts in a pitching uh in a, in a uh while he was pitching and he's there yelling on the mound like strikes the guy out turns around like like crunches up and like just yells. So you know why isn't any, why isn't anybody staring back at him and getting mad at him? Why isn't their current manager whoever it is Getting mad at him like, oh, I wish he wouldn't have yelled because now they're going to hit a home run off of him and pimp it like who the fuck cares anymore. All right. It's hard. I don't know firsthand, but it's hard to stay in this game. Players have said it. It's hard to stay in this game. When they do something, let them celebrate it. Otani just had, I think it was his 12th strikeout, he yells, and then he hits a career high 13 strikeouts in a pitching outing, and he's yelling off the mound. Who gives a shit? No one's getting mad at him. Why? Because it's Shohei Otani, and he's on the Angels, and he's the modern day Babe Ruth. But let's get mad at Jose Siri, who's, you know, a not very well known guy who's not a Shohei Otani. Let's get mad at him because he pimped a home run against. Uh, a National League team who happens to be in first place just like them. I I don't get it. It, Everyone's picking and choosing who they want to get mad at and who they want to praise. If you're going to get mad at him, then managers or whoever needs to get mad at Shohei Otani for yelling off the mound when he strikes out 13. That's just my personal thing. Like You can't pick and choose who you want to get mad at in this game. Who gives a shit? Let them do what they want. I don't care about... The batter is pimping homers. I don't care that uh, pitchers are out there striking guys out and then yelling off the mound or hop skipping off the mound like Nick Pavetta did high stepping off the mound during the ALCS, or I'm sorry, during the uh, ALDS against the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, I I don't care. Now, all this could have been a little bit different if it was at the beginning of a season, you know, in April when things are just kicking off. But it's not anymore. It's getting close to the trade deadline. It's getting close to July. And, you know, it's the middle of the season. It's different now. Now, on that note, going back to Jose Siri. Okay, dude, uh, that was your third home run. Okay, relax. You know, your, your, your ninth RBI. You're batting 109, dude, with, you know, a 580 OPS. So maybe maybe I could see Dusty Baker's side where it's like yeah he should have ran because he had no business number wise to be doing that kind of shit I could see that like all right dude like who the hell are you to be pimping Homer against the Mets and you know like you're betting 190. and that was your third home run of the season not even not even 130 at bats yet for the season. But that's just enough. Enough with the managers trying to bring it back into the the well. Well, back in my day, like it, it's not your back in your day anymore, dude. You're you're into you're in twenty twenty two now, and players play differently now. So get over it. Pimping homers is gonna happen, and if you wanna pick and choose when you wanna get mad at certain players for doing certain things then the manager of the Angels should be mad at Shoei Otani right now. Granted, it, it was a it was a career milestone for him. But, you know, the Astros are in first place. He hits a homer. Why not? Angels are in third place, and he's striking guys out, but your team's not winning. It, it's kind of double standard here where it's like you can't pick and choose. When you want to praise a player or a team, and when you want to bash a player or a team, and I'm just saying, and I, and then, I I don't know that that's that's the most I have on that. And then, you want to talk about you know how certain players do certain things? Um, no, I don't. Never mind. Don't know what I was leaning to. But I mean on another thing, you know what? It I don't care about none of that stuff anymore. What managers say, you know what? Boys are gonna be boys, they're gonna play how they want, they're gonna have their personalities there with them. And you know what? And now I know what I was gonna say. Going back to that whole um going back to the whole jazz chisholm thing. How they're getting mad at him and stuff like that. And uh just You know what? I said my piece on that already, but I don't know. That's, that's enough of that stuff already. But managers need to get with it, and you know what? It's it's today's game now, and it's going to change, so you know what? Too bad. That's just how the game's played. I love when players pimp homers. I love when pitchers strike out batters and get hyped for it. It gets the team hype. I'm a big believer in morale. If that's going to boost morale. Then fuck it. Let's go. Let's do it. And um, you know what? Uh, speaking on another little comment that uh, uh a manager made Buckshow Walter for the Mets. Uh he had quoted saying that there should be a category in the all-star game for a utility player. You can't win without one, they should be recognized. I agree, you can't win without a utility player. You put it you plug them in anywhere when when players are down, you know. Last year, our utility player was Kike. He played second for us. He played the outfield for us. And as, as I don't know if there should be like a category for them in the all-star break. Because, you know, there's not, not every team has a utility player. But, I mean, it it's a good food for thought, I guess. But, I, I don't think it'll ever happen. But, um... I don't know. I was I was just a comment that I read from a uh, book show, Walter. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we have we have another uh, comment here, or not a comment? Another topic to talk about here, and um, it's run differential. It's it's the new thing that's going on. Or not new, but it's, you know, it's the new thing that people like to talk about now when discussing who's in whose team. Oh, my team's better than yours. My team has a better record. Well, all right, well, let's look at each other's run differential and see which one's better. And um, I I, I just want I I want to talk about it real quick. I want to see, you know, what makes a different team with a different run differential, you know, better than the other. As of right now, 2022 season, as of uh, two as of today, the top two teams uh, in run differential are are both in the NAL and the NL, and they're both in first place in their division. That's the New York Yankees at a plus 145, and the LA Dodgers at a plus 124 run differential. Um, I mean that just goes to show that they when they win they win. And they're just that better than the other team, you know. And speaking of which, it actually shows me their last year's run differential finishing. Last year's Yankees were at plus 38. You know, it's still positive, but it's nowhere near where they are now. That's about 110 difference. And the Dodgers were at plus 278 run differential. So they're that was about more than double to what they have now. But speaking on it, Go back to, you know, where the standings sit right now. I want to I check back with the first team that we had mentioned in the beginning of this episode. Or the Cleveland Guardians, you know, sitting in first place in the AL Central. And uh, as of right now, the run differential is at plus 37. So, I guess the way it's going to work is they're at a plus 37 run differential. And they're only one game ahead. Shows me that when they win, they're barely winning maybe by one or two runs. That's what that's showing me, being that they're one game ahead in their division and in first place with a positive 37 run differential. That's what that tells me. So I could see how people use it to determine how good a team actually is because if a team was in first place with a one-game lead with a negative run differential, that means... And I I saw it from uh, a message reply on the World Pod World Pod Classic um, group chat that when a team wins they win by little but when they lose they get beat pretty bad. That's what that tells me. If a team is in first place with a negative run differential that they do win barely but when they lose they lose by probably eight or eight or more runs. Pretty pretty damn bad. So. Does that mean that team is not that good and they don't deserve first place? Maybe, but they but they would be in first place. But that's that's not the case for the Cleveland Guardians. They're, they have a positive 37 run differential, and they're in first place by one game. Now, the team that's behind them uh, are the Twins. They're sitting at a plus 23 run differential. So, you know, just by about 14 runs... The teams are pretty damn close. 14 runs, you can make that up in three games, in two games even, you know, score seven, score seven. And, you know, we're pretty identical. So, you know, and then you look at it the other way, a team with like the Yankees at a plus 145 run differential and Boston, who is at a plus 55 run differential. You know, they're they're pretty significantly different. And speaking on that one, that's Boston's run differential. They're in third place in the division behind the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays have a lower run differential than Boston does. They're at a plus 26, so we're almost double to what they are. Does that mean we're a better team, but they're in second place? Not necessarily, but because but again we're only separated by a half game so we're pretty identical we just happen to score more runs when when boston wins they win by a bigger margin than when the blue jays win that's that's just what that means so i just wanted to get into run differential and the difference between it and you know where the teams actually have a big one and where they stand or where they sit in the standings and you know the teams that are on top it's actually pretty significant and, um, you know, it, it kind of makes sense because if I were to look at, you know, run differential and who's on top and actually the uh the league leaders right now, you know, in the AL, you have Yankees, Houston, Blue Jays, Guardians and the Red Sox top five. And uh, you have the Yankees, Houston, Boston, Cleveland and the Blue Jays in top 15 in run differential ranks. And, you know, that. The other ones could be from the NL. If you look at the NL side, you got the Mets, Dodgers, Padres, Braves, and Cardinals in the top five. And you have them on the top. Dodgers, um, the Padres, the Mets, and you have Atlanta, and you have the San Francisco Giants. So theirs actually doesn't kind of add up. Actually, no, it does. It does. But but it kind of goes hand in hand. It It kind of does. And then you have teams that are in the... Really negative run differential, and they're sitting in last place. So, you know, math math adds up. Math does add up. Um, but, you know, looking looking at the division leaders right now, the one that's actually pretty close, and they're actually tied in the division, are the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. They're both tied for first place. Padres at 44 and 27. Dodgers at 42 and 25. Dodgers have a slight winning percentage lead, but they are tied. Now, if you look at their run differential, Dodgers are at plus 124. San Diego right behind them at about just half at plus 72 run differential. Even though they're tied, that shows me that the LA Dodgers are just whooping on teams when they win. That's all that tells me. Okay, Dodgers win more. They win by more. Padres do win, but Dodgers win, you know, they score more runs in the games that they win. That's all that tells me. But are they equal in the division? Yeah. But are they equal in runs scored, you know, per win? No. I don't know. Maybe that should be a stat. Runs scored per win. Look that up. Put that math together. What would that be... Uh Run RPR, no RPW, run scored or run RSPW, run scored per win. I don't know. I don't know if that should be a new stat now with county run differential and all that stuff. But you know, Dodgers score more runs per win. So, but well, that's all that tells me. But right now, Yankees and Dodgers are on top. Yankees. Uh, do have a bigger one than them? About twenty plus more runs, one forty-five, and Dodgers one twenty-four. But um, but that's all that tells me now. Um, I've heard different things that run differential will play a factor in determining where the playoffs play uh playoff teams will sit, and whether the run differential is better than a team. Like for example, going back to the Padres and the Dodgers, if the Dodgers Have a higher run differential, but if somehow the Padres pass them in the standings, do the Dodgers get the one seed because their run differential is higher? I don't necessarily agree with that because if, you know, if the Padres win the division by, let's say, four games, but the Dodgers still have a, you know, a 60 plus run differential difference. Why should you, why should the Dodgers get first place? They didn't win enough games to pass the Padres. And the Padres did win enough games to put them in first place, and the Dodgers did not. But because their run differential is significantly higher, they should be in in, in the one seed? No, I I don't agree with that. I don't think, I don't know. It would have to be in a certain different way. I, I would love to have someone on here where, you know, we can you know, bounce off each other, go back and forth on this. Because I, I don't agree with that. If a team has the more wins in first place in their division than the second place team, they get the one seed. They won more games. It doesn't matter by how many runs uh, they scored a game, but they won. It's like that old Fast and Furious quote. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. Dodgers beat teams, you know, 10-2, to 14-3 but Padres are winning also but they're only winning let's say 6 to 4, you know, 5 to 1, stuff like that, but they won the games and put them 4 games ahead of the the Dodgers. They're the first place team. I'm sorry. I I don't know I don't know how run differential would work. Maybe someone else has a different idea. If anyone else has a an idea about it, I don't know, comment uh, on Instagram at wewatchwecollect. Let me know what what, what everyone's thinking because I don't think in a way, I don't think it's fair. My team won more than my team won more than you. We're in first place. It doesn't matter. We won more games. We're in first place. That's just the way I see it. And um, but I mean, I would love to have someone on here and then you know bounce back and forth with different ideas and just to see how it goes, because um, I don't know how run differential would be put into playoff. Uh, rankings, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know if they're doing it this year. Uh, they may have said it, but I honestly don't know. I have no idea. But um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And you know, that's run differential. It gets talked about in every podcast that I listen to. It gets talked about in every news that that I watch. MLB Network, you know, all that all that stuff. And we'll be on Fox. All those guys talk about it. Even during the broadcast, these guys talk about it. So, you know, it's it's a topic now. And it gets put into play when people talk about, you know, my team's better than yours. All right, well let's pull up run differential and we'll see who's lying. So but that's that's run differential. We'll see how it goes. See how it gets put into the uh in the playoffs to determine who's uh who's who and who's better. Um but going on another topic, real quick. No, 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 not real quick. It's a it's a big one. Um all-star voting is up. You can vote now or you know your entire team if you wanted to. Um I didn't do that. Maybe I should have. But I didn't. I voted for uh three Red Sox players, Bogey, uh Devers, and JD Martinez. Um, but I will put in another vote for Nick Pavetta because he should be an all-star. But you know, going into all star voting and the way it all works, I saw something that kinda like not triggered me but made me like really like like I don't, like that's that's all they told me You're just like really like but as of right now there's a player who has 165,074 all-star votes and he hasn't played a single game in this season due to injury and that's Fernando Tatís Jr. Now, I've had my quarrel with this guy for the longest time that he he hasn't really I don't know, there's something about him. He I won't deny his talent, but he hasn't really played in a full season yet. You know, like I oh man, I don't know. But but as besides the point, the point is that how he has over 165,000 votes without playing a single game this season it's it's the fan vote they need to they don't need to take out the fan vote entirely okay because it should be determined by fans who's an all-star you know it is a popularity vote sometimes and you know sometimes the numbers do show that damn that player is just popular they're going to be an all-star regardless but then there's fans like this who vote for a player solely based on just because it's oh it's Fernando Tatis. We got to get him in. He's an all-star and it's what are you doing? He hasn't played like what are you what are you doing? He probably won't even play leading to the all-star game. He'll probably not play until August. I don't get it. I think what needs to be changed is they need to take out players who shouldn't be on the ballot because they're injured or if just like they do for other awards, if they don't have a certain amount of plate appearances or, you know, innings pitched or, you know, just anything like that, they, they can't be on the ballot. They're, they're not playing enough to get that recognition, whether they should be an all-star or not, you know, and you know, the most games that Fernando Tatis has played in a season was 2021 and it was 130. He still missed 52 games. No, six, uh 32 games. He still missed 32 games. You know that's quite a lot. And you know like everyone's saying if he didn't miss those 32 games would the Padres have made the playoffs. Who knows. But again, I I think when determining who gets put on the All-Star ballot and how that goes about, I think it needs to change because this this shit right here, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. And even still, there's other players on here who have played a, like you know minimal amount of games, or you know just enough games, and he has more votes than they they than, than they do. Like J.P. Crawford plays sixty three games, he has one hundred sixty one thousand. Carlos Correa 45 games this year has 186. Corey Seager 64 games 181,000. And Tatis is on that list and he played no games because it's Fernando Tatis Jr. I've 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 had it with this whole best shortstop in the game right now. He's not. I'm sorry. He's not. No, I'm not sorry. He's not the best shortstop in the game right now. Sorry Padres fans, but he's not. Okay? play an actual full season, you know, 150 plus still put up big numbers and do that consistently without getting hurt. Then we'll be talking, but right now he is not the best shortstop in the game. He, he is not even, I'm going to say that he's not even top 10. He's not, I'm sorry that I'm sorry about, but that he's not the best shortstop in the game. I'm not sorry, but that's that type of shit. I don't know. I don't get 165,074 070, votes on a player who hasn't played a single game this season. That it needs to be fixed. And those fans that voted for him, 99% of them are probably Padres fans. Y'all need to clean it up. Like, get out of your little, like, we have the best shortstop in the game shit. And cut that shit out. All right? Like... That that's enough of that shit. That, that that all needs to stop. Uh but as of right now, let's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna look up right now to see where the all-star voting is looking at right now. Um I can't really Well, I mean uh I can't really well I can't find where the players are going to be, or where the players are sitting right now. Let's see if I can pull up on MLB right now and see if they have a little graphic up of who's leading in MLB uh, in All-Star votes right now. Well, they do. They have um they have a leader in in shortstops right now. Bo Bichette's leading with 19% of the votes. Tim Anderson and Bogey are tied at 17%. And then that's for the AL for the NL. We have Trey Turner at 26, and then Dansby Swanson at 19%, and then Lindor at 17%. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand why Bobuchet is getting such uh, so many votes right now. What what is what are his numbers looking like right now? I'm gonna have to look them up. Let me see. Bobuchet, uh, he's batting 260. 15 doubles, 11 homers, 38 RBIs with a 733 OPS and 5 bags, even though he's caught 4 times. And he's he's better than Xander Bogarts right now. When Xander when Xander Bogarts is batting 335 with 20 doubles, 6 homers, 31 RBIs, and an OPS of 883. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if some of these things have to get fixed or these fans are just, I I don't know. I I don't get it sometimes, but I guess that's, that's what the numbers are showing right now. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see right now. We'll see. Um, but as of right now, there's, um, there's a list right now, the top, the top vote, uh, Top players getting votes uh, as of right now. Well, this was by MLB and it was two days ago. So this is the NL. We have um, Mookie Betts with the top leading in votes at 1.44 million. Right behind him is Ronald Acuna Jr. at 1.3. Bryce Harper at 1.059. Manny Machado with 969,000. And then Paul Goldschmidt at 930,000. So they'll all become all-stars and then we have the AL uh leading the top is Aaron Judge at 1.51 million. Right behind him is Mike Trout at 1.2, Alejandro Kirk at 1.05, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at 947,000 and Jordan Alvarez at 835,000. Jordan Alvarez will probably be the uh uh the AL DH All-Star. But um I think Red Sox will still have 3 3 players in the All-Star. Devers is right now leading in third base, which is great. Love that. And as of right now, they have George Springer, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge in the outfield, uh Rafael Devers, Bobby Shet, Altuve, Vladimir Guerrero on the infield, and Alejandro Kirk at catcher, Yordan Alvarez as a DH. That's for the AL. The NL, we have Jock Peterson Acuna Jr. and and Mookie Betts in the outfield. Mookie Betts, I'm not sure if he'll keep his lead or if he'll be healthy because I know he is out due to a cracked rib. So we'll see how that works for him. Uh, Manny Machado, Trey Turner, Jazz Chisholm, and Paul Goldschmidt in the infield. And Wilson Contreras at catcher and Bryce Harper as DH. So just saying it right now, the the the, uh, AL All-Star team does look better. But that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then, well, that's the all-star look right now, but going back to, uh, the comment earlier, I think it needs to be changed somehow. And, um, and I don't know to switch it up to where, you know, some players aren't put on the ballot because they haven't played a single, a single game this season. But I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, last little tidbit, uh, little funny thing david ortiz posted uh he has a song with rob gronkowski and apparently it's a love song about iced coffee it's on his instagram and it's hilarious he's now like a a reggaeton artist or a bachata artist <laughs> it's funny because you can tell david ortiz does not sing at all but oh man that's funny that that's pretty funny You know, that's one, you know what? I'll bring up one thing. That's one thing about baseball and baseball players, former baseball players, is that they'll always stay in the game. They'll always be around the game. And, you know, you don't get that as much with other sports like football or basketball. But, like, players like David Ortiz always like to stay around the game and, you know, do stuff. Like, most recently, first game of Detroit, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez on the field. Crowd goes nuts. That's amazing to see. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just love that about baseball. Players are always staying involved in some way or another. And, you know, it's great to see them, especially in their old, uh, the old jerseys that they used to play for. And I don't know. It's just it's just badass to see. But um, that's that's the most I have to talk about for this uh, for this episode. Number 15. Um, those are the main stories going on. And um, another player that's down and out for the count that uh, that will not play again and he's out for the season due to a wrist injury is Anthony Rendon. And, you know, Chris Rivera, if you're listening to this, dude, I wish we could talk about it because that contract, it's a bad contract. Really, really bad. I wish we could talk about it to get your opinion on it but as of right now it it's bad it's very bad i don't like it don't like the contract don't like where the angels are sitting right now but i wish we could talk about it dude hope to have you back on but um that's the most i got well you know what no there's one more thing this new uh new era and collaboration with off-whites collaboration with these jerseys and hats and hoodies and and t-shirts with fucking Swiss cheese holes in them. Stupidest shit I've ever seen. What the hell are we doing? Like who, who's going to pay $260 for a hat that has fucking holes cut out of it? Or who's going to pay $1,030 for a damn jersey with holes in it? Like what the hell are we doing here? Stupidest shit I've ever seen should have never done it, new era, clean that shit up, and clean that shit up, and patch that shit up, because that's stupid, stupidest thing I've ever seen, I would never buy a hat like that, any, any clothes like that, with, you know, intentionally cut holes, Swiss cheese looking t-shirts, no, that that ain't it, that's stupid, they should have never done that, but, I don't know, they're trying to get You know, hip with it trying to be all Yeezy with intentionally holes in it, but you know that's not gonna work. That's stupid. No one's gonna pay two hundred sixty dollars for a damn hat with holes in it. Stupid. But that's that's the last little bit right now. Ending on a low note, I don't know. I don't know. Let I don't know, let's end on a high note. Let's let's uh let's just say that the trade deadline is gonna be fun. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I think this will be, I don't know, I'm anticipating this will be a really crazy trade deadline. Only because there are teams that are in first place, that are sitting in first place, and that their position is not safe. So there are going to be teams that are going to make some moves. In the NL West, in the NL Central, and in the AL Central, you know there are some teams there that are just not safe in their position. And may, maybe in the NL East, Mets have a four and a half game lead. Braves are right behind them. We'll see what that does, and we'll see what the moves that the teams make. But I think this trade deadline will be very, um, will be very fun. I believe that, and I think the Red Sox are gonna make some moves for some non-prospect you know bullpen arms that's just my interpretation because I think we need some more arms in there we don't need depth in the uh in the raw in the infield or position players I know Jeter Downs made his MLB debut congrats on that and basically our uh minor league team beat the Detroit Lions but I think we have depth there, but we need more pitching depth and bullpen arms in particular. So we'll see how it goes. I do. I do expect the Red Sox to make some moves. We'll see what Bloom does. Uh, I believe in him. I believe in this team. Not going to say it, though. It's not it's not June 28th yet. We still have, you know, a couple more days. We got five days, five days till June 28th. If you know, you know. But um, that'll be it for uh, episode number 15. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully have another episode out next week Um, as of my personal thing going on right now uh, isotopes have one more homestand until they're gone for about a month in July and I will be off that entire time Um, I think it's the homeland against uh, Sugarland Space Cowboys which is a Houston Astros affiliate I do believe it's against them so we'll see how that goes Uh, love the isotopes love the team they just recently uh, had a homestand of six games against the Salt Lake Bees. Swept them in six games. Love that. Um, but we'll see how it goes. we got one more homestand for the Albuquerque Isotopes. And then they'll be uh, on, um, on an away game stretch for a majority of July. So we'll see how that goes. But thank you again, guys, for listening. Episode number 15. Episode number 16 will be out soon. And you know that episode, I'll get into more hobby talk. You know, let's talk about, you know, some of the players that are in a slump right now. Let's talk about some card prices. Let's talk about, you know, if if you can get some of these players for a certain price. With, with Otani still doing his thing, I don't know. I'm going to look at his numbers, see his cards, what his cards are going for. And, you know, like I said in the beginning of the season, in the beginning of the season, very beginning of the episodes, with Fernando Tatis, he hasn't played a single game. Are his prices cheaper? They should be, but we'll get into that in the next episode. Episode will be more hobby talk, more hobby and baseball talk. Let's let's compare prices. Let's see let's see who's looking good right now in the hobby. But thanks again for listening. Uh, I'll be back with episode sixteen soon, and we'll see you guys in the next one.